An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler, Frank, codename Majestic Vol, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, a spy's tale. A short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. everybody and welcome back to Lee Moyne for podcasts that spawn the water movies, video games and TV shows. I'm your host Nate and today I'm joined by Chaz, Doug, Fergus and James. How's everybody doing today? Hey man, yeah, not bad. Um, been uh, catching up on Snowpiercer's releasing and um, uh, Expanse as well, need to get through that. Um, also have Stone dropped a new expansion recently and uh, I'm trying to make something out of that. I know I'm uh, I'm just finished episode four of the Expanse final season and uh I'm wondering what they're gonna do. Yeah, it's gonna be and I haven't watched the new season of Snowpiercer yet. I didn't finish the second season, so I think I'm gonna let the third season finish and then go back to it. On my end I've uh I'm still kinda just casually working through Star Trek Next Generation, but I did uh last night I finally watched the first Venom film. I I rather liked and so I'm looking forward to watching the second one. Um but I also recently uh topically watched um Arcane finally got round to that. So Yay. Nice actually, man. Always I recommend can, that to people. I can finally talk about it. I mean, yeah. How did you find it? It was really good, really compelling. Like uh, a couple of tropes that I could I kind of want to jab on, but it doesn't take away from it being absolutely brilliant you can you can definitely tell they were getting a second season at the end of that first season what i mentioned before like you there was no way in hell they weren't getting a second season from how it ended oh yeah that yeah that was that was yeah it was almost like the season felt like a prequel yeah to like um or like an origin story or something which i guess it is it's just a whole like season of origin stories and stuff definitely recommend it people if even if you've never seen league of legends just go into it you could literally go into it cold and you have no issue at all you actually probably know want to go check out league of legends or just the lore of it afterwards and see how it is but yeah no that's awesome man uh today i've been mostly reading manga um i've been catching up with uh, a manga called though you may burn to ash um which is quite an interesting um manga uh, basically, a guy discovers that he really, really needs a large sum of cash. So an angel appears and says, do you want a large sum of cash? And he says yes. And she takes him and a bunch of other people to purgatory where they all compete with each other in, um, I guess it's quite like um, Squid Games. I was just going to say it sounds it's a lot very, like Squid Games. It's very Squid Gamesy, uh, but they're all in purgatory and have to, like, with the right to return to Earth with... I wonder if Squid something. Game is purgatory and we just don't know it yet. <laughs> it's, a good, <laughs> Maybe. it's a good metaphor for it, yeah. Um, uh, I love the fact they're doing a Squid Game universe now as well. It's a whole <laughs> thing now. They, they've confirmed. What? Just, yeah, they've said, like... So season two is happening and it's been confirmed, but they said they're going to be exploring like different 
sections of the Squid Game. Because to be fair, though, I'm thinking about it, that could kind of work, to be honest. But because you could have you season two doesn't have to be a, in the present day. It could be a prequel. And then there's a, an offshoot of what happens after season one. Obviously, not going to spoil for people who haven't seen it yet. Definitely recommend it. Uh, but yeah, no, but on your uh, manga front, Fergus, I, I really need to get back into my manga reading, to be honest. There is some very interesting stuff out there. It's just the, sure. the time. Yeah. The time. Had the which day would... today. So... Oh, yeah, no. The time and the focus, I think. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, no, I definitely need that at the moment, especially with everything coming out now. It's ridiculous. I just... Isn't there so much going on? It feels like that for me. I feel like I've got so many good movies and TV shows I'm following. Which is like, I feel nice. like I, f- I feel like I could if I I could just fill up all my free time with Star Wars media alone at the moment. Like, <laughs> I love the fact that like a few years ago, as mentioned on the podcast, before, I was one of those people known for um, watching like thirty different shows a week, and people went, "How the fuck do you do that?" And I look back at myself and I just want to slap myself in the face because I, I just. I finish work now and I'm like, I could barely finish one podcast, which could be between two and a half, four hours long. Double toasted Chaz, as we mentioned before, you know, that's, uh, yeah, they'd have like sometimes four hour shows and I just put those on. I've, I actually fell asleep watching one of the shows an hour in and I woke up when they were just finishing four hours in and I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Fuck it then. But no, there's just so much to watch. Uh, James, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing all right, thanks. Uh, I've literally just finished watching Disenchantment Part 4. Uh, oh, I need to get round to that. Is that any good now? Like that's so that's season four they're on, is it? Controversially, I've always liked this enchantment. I mean, it's it's no it's not a patch on Futurama at all, but it's still decent. I mean, it's it's not amazing, but it's it's a fun ride. It's it's enjoyable. So yeah, cool. I almost think it's in some cases it's almost better from a story point, even if it's not as funny. Like I don't think I think the humor often just misses. But I like the over the kind of overall story arcs of it. That's an interesting thing to say because I feel like Futurama has some very very compelling storylines in it. So quite high praise, I think at least. Well, I suppose the thing is Futurama is very episodic, but uh, this disenchantment builds a through line um, through story, which is. I see, okay, that's a big difference then, yeah. Yeah, and uh, wondering how the uh, Futurama revival is going to go into. That and everything. Supposedly, supposedly, John DiMaggio is still in negotiations to return because I'll be honest with you, they can't replace him in that show or they they can't have a whole bender dying and stuff like that because he is, when you you think about like um, Futurama, you do think of bender, to be honest. It would be very noticeable if they recast him. Very noticeable. Oh, yeah. No, very, very. I mean, admittedly, like something you could do in Futurama, like if you needed to change the voice, you just hit him with a wrench once. His voice is different, and you just say, "Okay, right." Oh right. no, you can't do that. Yeah, you totally could. I'm still very conflicted about them bringing Futurama back because, in my mind, it ended the whole thing perfectly. I thought the very final episode we did was really good, so I'm actually very conflicted. It's like I, I was saying the other day. You uh, you don't want it turning into Simpsons, really. Uh, just going on forever and ever, just because they can. For episode one, where uh, Fire and Leela, it's a little bit tricky. But they, they basically get stuck in like um, outside of everybody freezes essentially apart from them, and they they live out their like, whole life until they get old. So. Uh... Oh, that's right. Yeah, the whole you know the whole world dies. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow, that's that's very lovely, sort of. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Again, I love this thing. Like in modern media, like the happy ending is where everybody dies. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, it's. I'm not gonna lie. I think we we need just some ha fun-filled happy endings now. Nowadays, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm actually quite the opposite. I, I'm I I don't want any more dark endings any any time soon. Like when I went to watch Jackass last week. Just watching that was honestly such a breath of fresh air, to be honest, because, okay, yeah, it is fucking stupid, and I did almost throw up once, but, yeah, it was a case of, um, it, it was it was just nice to literally shut my brain completely off. Yeah, I think one what's so electric about Jackass is they are all having so much fun. It is infectious. Like, they absolutely absolutely love the nonsense they're doing like from the beginning and think that's why it's like why do we watch them doing these horrible things it's like because they because they're so happy i was just gonna say i looked up how many seasons futurama has and it's actually more than i thought it's 11 according to the site so it's already had one revival, it's had a very it? good run yeah I'm so, it's wow. had multiple revivals that's the movie yes yeah yeah i was gonna say i'm surprised it revived it but then yeah, I suppose that's what's, a lot of what's happening these days. Disney now, so yeah. Because Fox, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. But yes, people. So that was our lovely how our weeks have been. We're all knackered. We're all having a jolly good time coming on to the podcast today. But we bring the entertainment for you all out there. We bring the entertainment for you all out there. We, we will power through and give you that lovely entertainment. So yes, last week, people, we boomeranged back and forth with the idea of the influx of time loops and narratives. James obviously took charge on that. Well done again on that, man. That was uh, pretty awesome. Giving our take on all the properties coming out or our favourites in that genre and how it could have affected us in uh, some personal ways, though, especially over the last few years, which um, has definitely been interesting, to be honest. But, you know, this week after the news, uh, which we'll be getting into in just a moment, we will be looking at our dream video game adaptations in other media. Because, obviously... We've got so many different adaptations coming out now from video games, and it's it's just getting better and better. And going into the news this week, it just seems like this is serendipitous, to be honest, because, honestly, there's been so much announcements. And also, it ties into what we will be releasing next Tuesday, which is a spoiler-filled discussion, a short spoiler-filled discussion for the Uncharted movie, which will uh, definitely be interesting indeed. I'm sure we'll have some interesting conversations there. We won't spoil it too much. You'll have to see it, but... I give you this take now. Uh, okay, uh, that that's that's the uh, that's the uh, review I'll be giving you at the moment. So yes, people, we are now going into the main news. So we will start off on the movie section this week, and probably the biggest announcement of the entire week, which just came out yesterday, to be honest, was Paramount Plus, which are just ramping up. They just went fuck it. Here is everything. They are doing Halo season two already confirmed that they, they've got to have some confidence i mean i also think that's going to be their sort of how mandalorian was the flagship for disney plus halo is going to be their flagship essentially that'll be cool wouldn't mind that obviously halo fan so see how that goes i hope it's good it worked for xbox as a franchise so they're trying to copy that model probably and they've probably put some major money behind the production of the first series he's probably already filmed the second series or at least part of it I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, um, they are definitely taking into account like the fact that um, in regards to how the, how this could work, they've obviously stated it's the silver timeline, as we've talked about before. 
and how it's its own thing. It's it's adapting it, and I'm fine with that. As, you know, they come they come out before it's even out and saying we're adapting it. It's not going to be a one to one, and I'm fine with that completely. How the trailer was, I'm a bit concerned at a couple of parts, like the human covenant person. Yeah, what the hell's that? We'll have to see if they've got a justification for it, but yeah. Ugh. Chaz is still surprised it's porn stash playing <laughs> Master Chief. Every time you say it, I, I keep forgetting. That man is a beast, though. If you've ever seen American Gods, like the TV show. It's on my list. He, yeah, he, he plays the leprechaun in that, and yeah, it's, it, he is fucking huge. I'm definitely definitely interested to see where that goes to be honest but yeah i mean like you know they announced halo season t- halo season two because obviously they've got transformers as well i believe paramount has transformers uh, and they have star trek they've just announced their new star trek movie uh with the with the cast coming back like chris pine and zachary quinto and unfortunately uh, Ant- anton yelchin won't be during this time because he passed away a few years ago which is a uh, pretty sad to be honest because he was he i thought he was actually one of the best parts of those movies hopefully I'm kind of hoping that maybe they might say either he's gone onto another crew just to keep his character alive and keep him in the universe, or in one of the um, Star Trek TV shows, they actually named a ship after another character. So I think that would be really interesting. Like, name a big ship. Like, meant him in the Star uh, the Star Trek universe as that. So yeah, I think that would be pretty awesome to do. And um, I'm really hoping it's better than the last movie with the whole um, Beastie Boys. I don't know if you guys remember seeing that, like, yeah. Beastie Boys bit. Yeah, I just I didn't get uh, it didn't work for me. Um, the episode three, really. Honestly, uh, I I didn't mind the concept of it, and I liked the idea how it tied back to the first film, how it was that song when he, you first see him. But yeah, it was just and Idris Elba was underutilized in that film so badly, in my opinion. Like, I mean, I was never the audience for those films anyway. Really, like I the what I like in Star Trek is sci-fi and. They and they just didn't focus on that. They were action quip movies, like uh, very popcorn. Which like um... so not Star Trek, at least not for me. I I grew up yeah. watching the uh, the original series, so yeah, not not. I'm not the audience, like you said. Mm-hmm. How are you with Discovery then? I haven't watched it yet. Do you know what? After the first season, which is quite more like the new Star Trek films, they do keep the aesthetic like that to a degree, but they do try to go more into their own their own thing essentially which i think is quite good i do recommend it i saw i've seen one clip from discovery which looks a bit fun um which is um it's just the scenes of um i think there's an episode where the universal translators fail and i i like that like that's that's some fun but um yeah like uh i i might i might try discovery like i'm still working through next gen as i say and uh doug jones is one of the main characters in that as a, a commander saru Ooh. so uh yeah oh i have a lot of time i have a lot of time for doug jones and he is he is he is quite amazing in the show to be honest he has like this whole story arc about his race i think it's really awesome and they do go to explore it <laughs> explore strange new ways and strange new things out there that i didn't definitely didn't mean to segue that but yeah i mean it honestly keeps coming we've got Sonic Free, the movie, already announced, and a Knuckles live-action TV series. You know, something that uh, you said earlier kind of ticked off a thought I've been having in my head, where I feel like franchise owners these days are trying to make uh, like universes for their franchises rather than release a thing, see how it does. Almost maybe a topic discussion for another day, but like there seems to be a lot of that happening. Maybe just because I'm paying more attention now that I'm on this podcast, but uh, that's... No, I no, I definitely get where you're coming from. I think it's a case of with how streaming platforms are becoming the big thing. And we, are, we will probably do an episode on that. People will stream and go play cinema. But it's a case of they're trying to get their big hitters out. They're trying to draw the crowds in 
uh, to get this out. And I think putting this big stuff out there and building a world like how um, Netflix has got The Witcher now when they're building up all that stuff and their Witcher is their Lord of the Rings, essentially. And ironically, Amazon has Lord of the Rings coming out and, you know, they've got they've got these big things going on. And I feel you are right, Chaz, in that sense of with these universes universes being built. I was going to say this. uh, I I. Disagree that this is a this isn't a new thing by any chance. Like I mean, we like um there have been like uh, I remember Sonic being an animated TV series when I was young. There were always books and comics of these things. The first Mario movie was ages ago. But the, I mean, I mean that that's a, I mean that's the thing. Like video video game movie adaptation is pretty synonymous with I know bad movies, and that it's I guess it's why we're talking about it today because it feels like there's a bit of a change in the winds. Because what's something that's changed recently is definitely that I think writing is across movies, TV, and film is starting to get really good. I think it's taken a while for the writers to find their feet about what people really want out of these films for video games, like straight up adaptations, or do you want to completely remove it from the video game world and? It's like adapting from a book. There's more to a game than they'll ever, you'll ever be able to translate in a like two-hour film. Like the cutscenes alone in some games are three, four, five, ten, fifteen hours. So trying to you know convert that is hard. I I just I, I kind of yeah, video game movies frustrate me, but I kind of disagree that it's hard to do a good video game movie. There's a lot of content, but you can pick and match. You got you got you got various and you've got various different approaches. You could either uh, set your own story completely separate to the games, but set in the same world and same universe of the games. In which case, you're not constrained to the same length. Or you you just be very selective uh, on the themes and that you that, that you choose. You don't have to encompass the whole story, just the key key elements. I think. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I definitely, I, I do agree there, James, but I think it's a case of, I think you and Fergus are right to a degree, and, you know, Doug, actually, it goes right, centers around Doug's point. I think it's the age of people, the age of the writers now. So back then, we were dealing with people who weren't into video games, who weren't into all this stuff, and we're dealing with people now who have played these games, who have played, who have come up in this multimedia world now and understand the IPs they're working in, and I think that's how it's been. Like, um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. He's a big producer. He did, like, the recent Castlevania um, series, but basically he's doing a ton of, like, different properties he's doing a dark he's doing a power i believe he's doing a power rangers thing as well but he, you know a lot of these people understand what they're doing i think the problem is is that these people are trying to create these worlds but it's the producers and the big the big basically the money people which are cool. and i think maybe eventually like we are seeing them taking more risks and i think that is what needs to happen i think we're gonna have some we're going to have some problems where we're going to have some that fall to Resident Evil. Uh, and, you know, we're going to have some, you know, go over from that. And I think it, it just goes from there. Like, I think Netflix have killed it. I think Netflix have started off strong with the video game adaptations, in my opinion. Like, Castlevania, in my opinion, was stunning, beautiful. I think they did amazing there. Arcane has come out. That's done amazing. I think um, just having that in place has helped. And I think when it comes to the video game movies, like uh, I thought Sonic was great. I I enjoyed it. Um, I thought uh, Detective Pikachu was really good. It did its own thing. Like it actually adapted that narrative, adapted that world and how it worked. 
Um, I still would have preferred Danny DeVito because I think we all would have wanted that uh, as a Pikachu himself, but Ryan Reynolds was always good anyway. And we get these um, video game properties that are sometimes not even based on video games themselves, like Wreck-It Ralph, that is a video game property movie, but it's not fully based on an, a, a, on an actual IP. It's, it brings those IPs in, or it's a movie about video games, but it's entirely its own thing, like Free Guy. You know, it's trying to do its own thing. Like, my favourite film of all time is The Last Starfighter, which is the early 80s. And the principle of that film is a kid plays an arcade machine, and it turns out to be a space training uh, programme to teach to pe- have people fight in an intergalactic war you know and then tron you know that it's as doug said it's been around for years and everything it's just how you adapt it like when tron legacy came out it wasn't the best thing i quite enjoyed it to be honest it wasn't you know it was quite good it wasn't you know to the heights of tron but you know i think it's a case of comes down to the writers it comes down to if they're willing to take a risk and i think that is the big thing we're actually seeing now i think the companies are having to do this to actually compete and competition actually brings risk out, and risk is sometimes really good for what we can have. Uh, so this is um, so like video game adaptations have been done quite a lot in uh, sort of anime and manga, quite a lot. Uh, like characters will wake up in their favorite video game, be it real or not, and um, kind of live the life of their favorite character. Like it's, it's quite a common trope of anime series. Have you seen Rising of the Shield Hero? I have not, actually. I've not got around to it yet. Okay, right. That show is amazing. A, a guy gets pulled into a world where he... um he These four people get pulled into this video game world. Each of them can only carry one weapon, a sword, a spear, spear, a bow, and a shield. But when they try to pick up another weapon, it just disappears. So this character can only have a shield the entire time. Now, how that shield comes into play, I won't spoil because it's actually really awesome. And when they were creating the show, they renewed it for two seasons right away. It's not like an ongoing thing. It's like a 20 episode thing. Uh, uh, a friend of ours watched it when we were doing a game jam once and he went home, just binged it and he just fucking loved it. Uh, it's sort of season one's out and season two comes out in April. Definitely recommend it. But that again, a video game, you know, it's it's its own video game. It's own, right? its own it's its own take on it, essentially. So, yeah, I definitely agree there. But, yeah, no, uh, but definitely people, as I said, this is definitely going to tie into today's conversation. Uh, obviously, you know, going off the Paramount Plus thing, though, still we'll roll through this quicker. And also, they're doing a Seth Rogen uh, TV, uh, movie adaptation. I mean, like they are working. He, I think he's producing it. They're doing like I believe they're doing a film, and it'd be pretty interesting to see where they go. I don't know if they'll go darker because TMNT is seen as more of a a darker property. So I'd be interested to see where they go there. And they are doing a series-driven uh, show as well, so that'd be pretty awesome. I mean, would it's really interesting to see how this goes? To be honest, like all this stuff coming with Paramount Plus and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that there to see what else they do later on. Uh, but weirdly, um, something that's resurfaced, <laughs> no pun intended, is the Bioshock movie, uh, by Netflix. Honestly, that, um, I did not expect that to be honest. I did not expect that in the slightest. It will be interesting. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it because most of the major twists will have already been experienced by people who are playing the games or have played the games. So the main audience might have already been spoiled. Bioshock is, for me, the interesting thing about it was always the the world and the, the setting, so there's definitely more they could do with there, so I, I think it's got quite a lot of potential material for an adaptation, actually. I'm with Chaz, actually, because um, what makes enough sense to me is that you could do a lot with rap. There's a lot you can do in Rapture, even like before the events of Bioshock, because a lot has clearly already happened. 
Like um, you could even you could even dial it kind of back to the founding of or a different complete a completely different character arriving in Rapture, like in the early days and seeing the decline of it. So I mean, I'd love to just see something in that world. So so one thing for me is that if I with, with the film. They're going to need to change the twist in the game because that, that twist in the game, while it's really good, it's very game-focused twist. It's, it really plays on the whole kind of um, linear narrative uh, of games. I mean, they could they could look at... St- Actually, I don't want to really want to... It's like getting old enough now that we could talk about the twist. Yes. yes. I mean, so, Shutter Island, I think, is a good film to look at for that, in my opinion, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, it was Leo DiCaprio, for please. Yeah, it was Leo yes, DiCaprio. Yes. Uh, and um, there was another film with uh, Robert De Niro, uh, where um, her daughter had an imaginary friend. Turns out it was just a split personality of um, Robert De Niro. And obviously, Fight Club is the the biggest one. To be honest, I think if they did that, one of my favorite twists in recent years is Arrival. Nothing yes. like that. I I can't think of any film that has made me like. Like shocked me with how good the twist was, and kind of flipped my head upside down. But I think I think this idea of the twist is like it's the big mistake because uh, I think like redoing the story of the game, like the nar- that narrative of that game, I think that would be a huge mistake because like the main character has isn't a character. Like the one you play isn't isn't a character. Like um, there's nothing there. There's whereas like if you if whereas like the character Fontaine and some more of his backstory there's definitely room in that like and uh i i reckon we will see i reckon that's some of what we'll see like we will see before the plane crash uh, i just want to chime in and say what you said before about seeing the slow degrad or maybe not so slow degradation of rapture that would be so interesting yeah so hopefully they do that <clears throat> i was just thinking about snowpiercer actually chess about how like the tv show is actually going off it on off on its own tracks no, no, sorry uh, uh essentially with that and uh yeah they're just shaking their head to me at the moment you did that uh, and how, I, I, I damn right i did uh, I, i've almost fallen on the spot though and how it was trying to do its own thing and i think maybe it, you know bioshock could be a case of you follow a protagonist who is possibly linked to someone on the surface like like it's a whole like a community that a family member's gone down and then later down the line, the communication cuts off and that causes that person to go find the place and everything and just do it that way and final ones. And basically the, the show starts off with uh, the person coming down there and then it's sort of like a present day past back and forth and everything and finding out exactly what goes on. And that way you could actually have twists and turns go happen that way and everything because it flips on the narrative that way. But yeah, there's a lot of potential. Oh, uh, yeah. For a lot of different directions. And they definitely need to keep the visual style because, yeah, that that is the thing that's the biggest part of Bioshock, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I mean, movies wise, I mean, movies, TV shows are Paramount and, you know, Netflix. It's, it's coming up ridiculously so much. I mean, on the Netflix front still, the Cuphead TV show comes out this Friday. Uh, I'm so glad I'm finally going to be able to see the narrative about that without fucking playing the game because, Jesus Christ, I just can't. I tried to see the first section of that game. I just couldn't do it. I, I could never get through Cuphead. It was just too difficult for me. I also suck at Cuphead. I've never tried it. I'm content to watch it on like speedruns and stuff. No, uh, I just um, I, I just I, and I'm I, yeah, just uh, it'd be really interesting to see where they go. And they are keeping the exact same animation, which I think was amazing. To be honest, I think that was awesome. So much stuff coming out though. So, you know, we've got uh, um, Lord of the Rings. They they revealed the first teaser trailer for that, and 
people have been complaining online that it looks doesn't look like a 500 million dollar show and i'm just wondering well it was a minute so you're probably gonna have like 10 hours or eight to 10 hours of stuff and the one concern i have is the first season was shot in new zealand the second season is going to be shot in the uk and i was i was on a podcast i was into a podcast and they said well it's set thousands of years before so it could be tons of different locations we're going to see locations we never saw before in lord of the rings you know it it, it could be or the, they might be using the volume more the volume technology more to make it you know to actually do that like i don't i can't imagine that that's a problem we're gonna i can't imagine that i'm gonna go into this film and think oh i don't think they shot it in the right place uh, i don't see that happening also i, I mean there's enough great locations in the uk like natural locations that you could do things like um and then yeah like if they're covering areas like i don't know i can't remember from my lord of the rings lore if um if numenor is pre rings of power that kind of thing but yeah there's um there's plenty of areas like i'm in uh like i know different parts of england moors in like scotland um which uh would be in wales like um which are amazing for that kind of era i mean also people realize this i think this is this is set during the second age this is just after my lord rings knowledge is very vague like it's set after morgoth which is like sauron's master and there's tons of fucking creatures that we've never seen before and that's what i'm intrigued by you know we 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 got glimpse of them in the films and obviously you know we saw like the whole stone trolls in the fellowship of the ring and you know how they were there's stories behind that i just think i'm just really looking forward to seeing where we go there and also, I'm wondering if each season will be from a different character's perspective, because I think the first season will be heavily influenced from Galadriel, because obviously she's prominent in the trailer, um, and Elrond is in the trailer. So, But then they live the entire time, so they could appear in other seasons, but obviously hum- you know, humans, dwarves, don't live as long as that. So it'd be really interesting to see where that show goes, to be honest, and it's Amazon. Like, <laughs> this, like Amazon can't really have any concern with that, to be honest. And I think they'll probably be buying the rights anyway, so, you know, I, I bet they'll probably buy the Lord of the Rings rights. I mean, look at the expanse when they got a hold of it, like the uh, the visual budget. Jesus just Christ, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, people, uh, so so much content coming out, so much content coming out. We'll just finish off on the TV shows with um, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is set for May 25th, six episodes. It's a limited series. It's only one season. That is it. It is set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, and Hayden Christensen is back as Anakin. So Anakin Skywalker slash uh, Darth Vader, which has been confirmed. So I'm wondering if we might get other characters appear, which would be interesting. And also they've said it's, uh, it's going to start on Tatooine. It won't be on Tatooine the entire time, which is like, thank you. Just we need to see more stuff. And we're going to see round two and also f- fill in that gap between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, which uh, was the uh, loophole that they're filling. So basically in episode four, when uh, Obi-Wan goes, Vader's more machine than mad now. How did he know? The last time he saw him, he was on Mustafar being marshmallowed. So we're going to see that. And I'm just hoping the fight scene is almost as good as uh, Revenge of the Sith, because people hate Revenge of the Sith. I fucking love it, to be honest. They had a man burn alive on screen in a 12A, and I don't know how they pulled that off. Uh, but yeah, and I just thought the fight scenes were brilliant in that. But yes, that's the TV shows, people. We are going to finish off now with probably some of the biggest news for video game fans out there, if they're you know still playing it. I hope everyone is. 
Cyberpunk 2077 has released its next-gen versions. The PS5, the Xbox Series X versions are out, Series S versions are out, and I believe they released Patch 1.5 as well. I'm finally going to go back and play it. Supposedly, like, people are saying, just start the game again. You can transfer save files, it has been confirmed. Uh, they, I believe they've had to revert all your uh, perk points, so you just have to reassign them. But they're saying, like, with all the updated system, with all the updates, just restart the game it's with all the updates and everything i'm probably james is just like i'm probably just going to play it again anyway but well yeah. i completed i completed it a couple months back so um i might i might replay it at some point yeah no i'm uh i i was free missions before the end i might just restart it now maybe from a different uh faction's perspective i i, I might stay with the um what, what's the uh outside city no badge no, yeah, no badge yeah i might start i might start the city rats or whatever they're called uh this time uh, not the businessman, the ones inside the city. But anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it plays out well. Uh, hopefully, we'll see where that goes. Uh, but yes, that is the end of the news, people. That is the end of the news. We are now, now going to move on to our main topic of the week. And that is our dream video game adaptations that we'd love to see in other media. Honestly, people, we've, as I said before, with so much coming out, I posted a thing in our Discord group and, you know, I didn't realise how much was actually being adapted at the moment. I was just quite shocked, to be honest. Like, it's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But, yeah, Chaz, do you want to start us off with your um, your video game video game adaptations you'd like to see, or one of them at least we'll start off with? Uh, I mean, I thought about it, and, and like you said, Nate, there are actually quite a lot of things already being ad- ad- um, adapted, which is really cool. Um, my one's might be much of a surprise uh for you guys but um thought about it a little bit and uh first thing i'll just quickly touch on obviously it already had a movie um but i would love to see more um from warcraft um you know how i feel about uh the lore of that game not so much recently but uh there's a lot there i thought you know maybe it could be like an anthology tv show type thing um but uh you know i'm glad we got the movie but uh, it it scratched the surface of what there is in that um, universe, so I, I would love to see more. Who would who would you? Which streaming service would you want it to go with? Do you think? Wh- wh- do you have any faith for which person who'd do it better? <laughs> I don't. I, probably not. Um, I'd say I would be happy with whatever I got if there was more Warcraft stuff. Live action or animated? Good question. Um, I'd say probably live action again, but it's tough because the live action stuff in uh, the movie looked a bit wonky they'd have to do it right cool awesome source uh doug how about yourself man yeah i think uh the top one so i think something that arcane demonstrates really well is what you can have when there's a good game and there are characters that but the game doesn't explore them that much there's clearly depth but the game doesn't do them um and a game i thought recently actually well it's overwatch so that is a game which is cry like the community is always crying out. Can we have more lore, please? Because um, you've got these, you've got these characters, you've got this history of the Omnic War, you've got these organizations that built like um, all these preformed relationships between the characters, and there's and um and so many of them have got so many problems of their own, and so I mean I I feel like. Um, in answer to your other upcoming questions, I expect. Um, so uh, I don't really care about the streaming service, although the fact that, but uh, Arcane, I feel, is the best demonstration of how to do that well. Like, I think you'd have to be animated. 
because doing it live action, like some things would be cool to see in live action, but I think it would hold back from, I think it would hold it back too much. Whereas like being animated and now because there's one of the things now, like animation technology is so good um, that and a, making an animated series is probably quite liberating for the way they do things. And so, yeah, I think that that would be a great one to explore more of the Overwatch world. And I think TV series like a, um, I wouldn't want it, I wouldn't want them to try and cram it into a film. No, I, uh, I definitely agree there. I'm really sorry. Uh, I just realized I've completely fluffed when you asked me that question because Warcraft should be animated. Have you seen those cutscenes that they, you know, those uh, amazing cinematics they do? So that's my answer. I definitely want to change it to that. If they could pull that off, that would be fucking amazing. Okay, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, I actually, I actually took Overwatch off my list, Doug, because I knew one of you was going to say it tonight. So I was like, let's keep a bit varied. And yeah, I definitely agree with that. And also, you can definitely make the exaggerations of the characters much more overhyped and everything. I think that's de- like with Arcane, which they did. I definitely think that is uh, definitely needed. Um, Overwatch, maybe we might see someone when, when it, I think when Overwatch 2 comes out, that's the prime time to like start doing that, to be honest. So, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome, dude. Uh, Fergus, how are we suffering? So my choice would be uh, the Perfect Dark series. Um, I think it has quite a lot of uh, scope to sort of explore with a TV series, maybe a couple of movies. I don't know. Um, for those of you not familiar, this is first emerged as a Nintendo 64 game uh, in the year 2000, set in the very distant future of 2023. <laughs> so this follows... So the world is um, Earth, humans, uh, but aliens have been encountered and there are two species of aliens who are currently at war who are sort of manipulating various Earth corporations. So it's a similar sort of world to cyberpunk, I guess, as if corporations rule the world. Uh, so you're an agent working for one of the corporations in the game, uh, trying to steal technology from one of the other corporations. So yeah, there's a lot of um, room for like political intrigue and technology and action and sort of stealing futuristic technology and encountering aliens, who's an alien, who's not an alien, this sort of thing. Yeah, I it would be really good. Uh, there's a lot of like additional comics and novels out there as well to draw from. Um, it's also worth mentioning that they are rebooting the series. Uh, the teaser trailer's already out there, but there's no confirmed date for when that game is going to be released. Um, we say it's going to be in the same world, but I'm not sure how they're going to change the game, as it were. Oh, awesome source. Uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely. I I was. I never really played the Perfect Dark games when I was younger, which is because that was Rare who made them, right? Originally. Yes, uh, it was the next big game by the same people who made. Um, it's. Wikipedia describes it as the spiritual successor to the company's first-person shooter, GoldenEye 007. Uh, so this is Rare, now owned by Microsoft. Uh, it's I can't remember who's making the reboot. Coalition, I believe they're... it's Coalition. Coalition. Yes, I think this is their first major project, the Perfect Dark reboot. It'd be interesting to see where that goes, and you'd, you'd say there'd be a series, right? 
I think that would be a TV series, yes. Uh, following the like perfect dark spy agency getting technology, accidentally blowing up the president, this sort of thing. <laughs> Awesome, thank you. Uh, James, how about yourself, man? My first one I want to talk about, um, my favourite, is Deus Ex. So I've and either the original uh, 2000 game, not that, not the sequel, not Invisible War, didn't like that. So either the original 2000 game or the two prequels they did, um, Human Revolution and Mankind Divided. I really love that world. I really love the stories. I think you could either do a TV show or you could do a film out of those. And I even had a go at writing my own script for the original Deus Ex about 15 years back. Didn't get past the first scene, but uh, I had a whole thing like mapped out. And I, and I know in my head how I would approach it. So, uh, yeah, that's my uh, that's my personal choice. I like this angle of it's uh, it's not just dream uh, franchise to see. It's like, and I plan to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Excellent. It, it is awesome when you get those passions that you like. To say fuck it, I'll do it myself. Fine, I'll do it myself. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Good old Thanos there. Uh, my first one uh, is uh, Spyro the Dragon. I, I, I've only, as I've mentioned one of our podcasts before, I've only really, really seen play the Spyro games properly in the last couple of years. And I know Chaz has an appreciation for those games, if I remember. So, uh, yeah, played them growing up. Um, Spyro could work. Uh, I feel like it'd be more of a, uh, a kiddie thing. Maybe that's uh, the wrong take, but. Um, yeah, especially with uh, the the art style they've kind of established with the um, the remasters they did recently. So I'm gonna throw it out that actually I think it should be uh, mostly inspired from How to Train Your Dragon. That's a good shout. Yeah, that has the uh, I think that has the I, I was looking at the art style for the Spyro uh, games and then the art style for this for the How to Train Your Dragon films and I think make a nice trilogy like and have Spyro grow up and have be, become this amazing dragon. Obviously, he doesn't have to be a rider if it's just literally you know talking dragons and stuff. Uh, but I think it'd be awesome. I think uh, I was thinking like um, I was doing a bit of casting. Uh, Donald Glover might be a good uh, might be a good choice for that, to be honest. Or um, the actor Dylan O'Brien, who was recently in the uh, the Love and Monsters movie on Netflix. He has and he's been like a a few other things as well. But he's got this like sarky, sarcastic attitude to his voice and everything. But those two actors, I think, would be like I'm thinking Donald Glover specifically when he, in his community days of acting, like like his high pitched squeals and everything. Like I thought that'd be quite funny to be honest and um yeah i, I just i just looking at the, how how they did their how to train your dragon world i definitely think free films would be uh free animated movies would be really good with that to be honest and just have the the building stages of like him maybe have like this like law behind it like he is he turns out he's going to be eventually this legendary dragon in the you know of of law or he's descended from it or whatever i don't know and it builds up to that through the trilogy of him saving these dragons he's like an outcast as he is in the first game and I believe it, if that's correct. He's always seen like the runt and everything, and then he builds up to become this legendary figure. So yeah, that 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 was my um, that was my first uh, that was my first choice. Uh, Chaz, how about uh, what was your second choice, man? Uh, yeah. So actually, I'll I'll kind of Doug mentioned Arcane, and it had me thinking about um this kind of new style of animation we've got going on, where it's like this evolving three D style that we've got, where it's like you know almost comic book like or hand drawn. And I was thinking, what else? what's a video game that i you know really like the art style of that i thought could be a cool adaptation um and i ended on darkest dungeon obviously quite uh that would be more uh 
uh, a darker tone than uh, than those two. Although our game's pretty dark, um, but like, how cool would that be if it was it was in three D, but it had um, some of this new like style of like ah, I could just I can see it in my head, you know, these like the lines on the on the characters and just I feel like that could be really cool. Um, the the lore of Darkest Dungeon is pretty cool. You could have um, these awesome eldritch animated monsters. Um, I, I think that that could be a lot of potential there. But again, that's um, personal choice because I really like that series. I would, I think there's a lot of mileage in that because um, Darkest Dungeon, like all the characters are just absolutely broken, aren't they? In various ways, yeah. That's the whole idea, and yeah. um, it's one of those. Uh, games where anyone can die which there's quite a lot of shows recently that can do that or have been doing that so you know it, that could be suspenseful too it's almost got a bit of a doom patrol kind of um like a everyone it like this feeling of it starts off and everyone's having a horrible time there's yeah and then it gets worse to... yes exactly <laughs> i love that suggestion but yeah, um, I, you've probably not seen it, but some of the monsters that are in the later of that game are so creative and really awful to look at, like in a good way. So they're just, it would be cool. Uh, uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Arcane has definitely opened the gates for its its art style and how you can just, just go, just go, with it. just do what you want to do. Don't try to, don't try to confine yourself to one thing and just try new artistic avenues. And I think that definitely. Um, I definitely did it, to be honest. And I, I think animation is definitely, um, I'm saying definitely a lot, <laughs> uh, one of the key areas in which it's pushing this. And I feel that Arcane has done this. I'm really wondering where they're going to go next, to be honest. It, it'll be very interesting. Spider-Verse and Arcane have just opened my eyes to what different styles of 3D animation can do. But yeah, awesome. Uh, Doug, what, what's your next one, man? I, I had a few ideas of various things that like um other things that you can make a gritty TV show about I know places of like um Omega and Mass Effect City Seventeen and Half Life, uh, this War of Mine and XCOM, but I don't want to talk about them. I want to talk about another idea I had, which would be a live action movie, which is unusual for me. This would be Titanfall. Ooh, okay, okay, I'm I'm loving this. Okay. I because I, I I played the Titanfall two campaign fairly recently and like people have been recommending it for ages and ages and ha having played it I see why like gameplay wise it's just it's brilliantly designed like in terms of how it scales but there's so much but uh, from a cinematic uh, kind of impact and I know awe striking story point of view there's so much uh, there's so much mileage in that and there's even a lot of mileage in the people you face in their titans there's a lot of characters in there like um uh like you can really have some names faces and voices and so you could have some good rivalry characters it really positions itself well to have cool movie type stunts because um like uh if you want to explore a world you definitely want a tv show with it but titanfall like it's not it doesn't have so much a deep world but it's a it's cool moments and cool action and i think there's actually room and a movie i think would actually deliver that well going up going off of like the um you know like tech wise and mechs and everything i think pacific rim even though it's much much grander in scale the first movie primarily i mean to be fair the second movie just went balls to the wall with it it was like we don't care anymore we're just going to go full you know with it 
but I think like obviously scaling down for the mechs, and obviously you could just get Lance uh, Hendrickson back for it to do the voice as well. So yeah. I've just thought, like, um, I was just thinking uh, after you mentioned uh, Pacific Rim, like, who would, like, hmm, what other films do I think are the good best parallels for it? And I suddenly thought of Neil Blomkamp. Like, I was I thinking think, the same thing. Yeah, his, like, because, like, I like his, um, his, his gritty mechs are still a kind of, like, they're human level, like, they're machine, but they're, they're full of character and stuff. So I, that kind of style would be absolutely sick. I mean, let, let's pencil it in after District 10, which I believe was confirmed. So, yeah, I believe there was some definitely. Yeah, honestly, um, and also it just he, he definitely approaches visual effects in a certain way as well. Because obviously with like District Nine and you know Elysium and Chappie, they all had their distinct styles, but they were also, as you said, they were they felt real, they felt lived in, they felt and Titanfall definitely needs that to be honest. And then you could eventually do an Apex Legends offshoot if you wanted to, you know, down the line. Cause it's in that's it's in the same universe, so you you could uh, you could definitely do that. So so yeah, I, I was about to ask you who would you direct it. I I did think Del Toro just because of Pacific Rim, but then I but then I did think no, Bloomkin would be a good option to be honest. Would be a really good option, but Titanfall movie that would be. Would you, would you go before two or would you just start with two as the narrative if you were going to do a narrative for that? probably before to like there's enough um there's enough that's built of various factions and there's enough. Uh, characters that in it that are formed that I think I could have a bit more of them but it's um it doesn't it doesn't matter too much I feel with that one like uh, just uh, have a cool have a cool protagonist and um, have them have a good like a uh, good set up a good relationship with them and their mech which is really important it's funny I don't know if like I'm um, just thinking from watching Venom yesterday what really makes the film is um like Eddie's relationship with Venom it's awesome and uh where they don't quite understand each other for a lot of it, a bit of an old couple thing. Um, but with, with that and a couple of like, um, like kind of like a larger than life characters in some of the other mechs, like I, I kind of want to see them camp it up, like in a way that I really enjoyed Robotnik in the Sonic film. It's just like, it's just absurd, but lush to watch. No, I definitely agree that I've, and I think with the second Sonic movie, they're just trying to up the ante on that. And I think that's why they're just trying to push him on. I think I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do there. But yeah, awesome. Uh, didn't expect Time for to be honest. Didn't expect Time for 2. I, I, I've, I've got something similar on my list to a degree in that vein, but it's, it's definitely not that. But yeah, Fergus, how about yourself, man? Well, <laughs> what thing, is, what platform is Skyrim not on yet, I thought. And uh, <laughs> I came up with the idea of Netflix. Or cinema screens. Um, I think if we're pushing Skyrim to its natural conclusion, a TV series and or film franchise would be ideal. Uh, some, you know, a classic adventuring, some dragons, some magic. What more? Yeah, you could do a lot, I think. you have any um, takes on, like, li- you said live action, right? Yeah, it would be, it would be similar-ish, in a similar vein to the Lord Lord of the Rings movies slash TV series, I reckon. Character needs to get shot in the knee with an arrow. Oh, oh that, that needs that, to happen. That'll, that'll be in the trailer for sure. Yes, there needs to be some mud crabs as well. <laughs> Starts yeah. off with them. So I'm going to counterfeit myself. I, I, I personally, so I personally don't. The reason I don't like what I did myself is that I always feel that Bevis's narratives aren't great. They are just about sufficient for the games which they do, but they're really not, in my mind, they're not 
not great notice, unfortunately. But many writer could hopefully flesh it out and improve upon that. I was just going to say, yeah, we were talking earlier about how a good writer can, you know, really elevate a series, and we're seeing that a lot with adaptations. I think that, yeah, I kind of agree with you that the, the storylines and the quests in the game, there are some interesting ones, definitely, um, but maybe not strong enough on their own to be a um, a direct copy for a, a TV show or a film. That being said, I, I do see the potential there with the, uh, again, with the world building and the, all the history that's in that universe. So I'd agree with Fergus. It's a good pick. I was, to be honest, I was going to put Dragon Age on my list. And I think um, they actually have similar veins in that regard of like the narrative you could do. And I think, I think just going with the Dragonborn story would be the best one to do and sit it over like a multi season. Maybe have like three, just three set seasons, like, you know, like that sort of thing. Don't try and push out too much because it would. They just go too far. It may be eight episodes a season. That yeah, Skyrim. I think on TV, just Elder Scrolls in general, would be the final one for me. That would be like, okay, you're done now. No more releasing on other platforms until until we do like augmented reality stuff or whatever. But I don't know. Like, I think yeah, that's the best way to go. Awesome, Fergus. Thank you, uh, James. How about yourself, man? Yeah, cool. So my second choice. Um, I don't think it's ever been done on on a film yet. It's a uh, game called hitman now i'm going to use an epithet here and say silent assassin which is an epithet that is often used in association with a game so when i say the hitman hasn't been done in the get in as a film you're meant to play those games as a silent assassin the two attempts at films are made from perspective of somebody who doesn't know how to play the games and just goes ham um at, and plays problems in fps but it's not Hitman. So I actually do have an idea as to how I would approach this if I was to write it myself. I can't take credit for the idea per se because it's inspired by a comment on the internet that I read like several years back, but it's been running around in my head for several years and like, yeah, this is how I would do it. So not 100% sure what story I would do, but it'd probably be something maybe like Blood Money perhaps, something around that. Uh, I probably want some kind of like political conspiracy going on, uh, but you'd have Hitman as a background character. He'd be more like the Jaws um, of the film, rather than, rather than the main protagonist. And so you'd be you'd be following essentially the villains essentially with with their plan, while in the background he's he's basically interrupting it. I I love that idea actually. What you're describing and there's um there's some room in this as well to actually make it kind of bit of a black comedy because something like um one thing people always talk about in hitman is actually the best moments are always so funny like the daft ways the absurd ways you get someone killed like it's like it's like you set up your own personal final destination film around somebody um and uh, and it's kind of killed by the falling piano or a, a flung briefcase or like a and they're just like tipped off a balcony and when you thought you were safe it's a I, I love the idea of Hitman just and a, not really being a foreground character. He's just kind of and a murderous force of nature sneaking around in the background or turning up dressed as someone you hadn't looked at properly. I like this idea. I mean, you could take the Scream approach of having, I don't know, a, the, the slightest satire element to it because Scream, you know, that, you know, Ghostface is in the back of scenes a lot of the time and, you, you know, he appears on screen and you could do something like i mean you could go the full serious route with hitman but hitman you can be quite stupid in how you kill people so like you know it would be interesting to see yeah the jaws effect of it would be you know very interesting to be honest yeah that's awesome thanks james 
Uh, my next one. Uh, it's interesting if how how I'd be able to pull this off. XCOM. XCOM was a background one on my list. I am. Yeah. I agree with you. I think XCOM, uh, Band of Brothers style, following one team throughout this entire campaign. Because the whole point of XCOM is to try to keep your characters alive. And you try to build a relationship with these characters. I know when I first started at uh, where I work and everything, it was a case of creating all these characters. And I created all my friends, gave them all these backstories. Uh, I, I actually had a Facebook memory of all the characters I created. And I'll be honest with you, I loved the fact I got I was so accurate with a lot. I did like twenty five different people. It was a uh, it was amazing. But I was I was I've been meaning to rewatch Band of Brothers because I know they're doing another series now uh, for a different campaign. Uh, yeah, Tom. I believe Tom Hanks is working on that, and it just made me think. Like, I, I love Starship Troopers. I, I we we were talking about uh, Edge of Tomorrow last week and how Alien Invasion there and how that worked with the mech suits and everything and how the design with that. And I think if you did a Band of Brothers, if you did a XCOM movie in the style of Edge of Tomorrow, because they had the drop shits and everything, if you combined XCOM, Band of Brothers, and Starship Troopers in Edge of Tomorrow, that is the perfect. And I think I think a limited season, ten episodes, and maybe do like what the Pacific tried to do of how like it did its own thing, it, a different team, different you know whatnot. And then the third, and then the XCOM games went like to subterranean. You know, just change it up each season. I think that'd be interesting to do. Yeah, I am absolutely on board with this because um, if people talk, I think of XCOM as one of an example of some of the best narrative in video games because you write it as the player like um these like because uh you get this squad especially if you play in iron man mode when it's so precious when they actually like when they die they die it like makes it a linear narrative but um like they start off as complete rookies but as you go through the game like their their story is a backstory you have created together like you have like they you remember when I know one of the snipers went on Overwatch, took out a berserker, and saved your squad. You know, like, like they become a hero that you help to make. And as a player, you're so invested in that way. And it's such, it's so that kind of. There's so much room in a TV show for that kind of story where at the, they're all kind of nobodies at the start, and then through their exploits and like uh, I know gambits, and they become legends. I know throughout the show. You could you could do a Bandersnatch style approach to it as well. Maybe like a limited Netflix show where you decide the routes the characters take. You could you could create an XCOM style show of the, the soldiers fighting and decide, oh no, you're gonna go down this path where you're gonna do this mission and everything like and you are gonna decide which place they're gonna go to and it it could decide where that's going to go. Uh, I'm almost sad this is um hypothetical because uh I love Band of Brothers and Bandersnatch. Uh, and just the idea of that whole idea of it, it you know, limited tries and trying to, uh, that's a very cool idea. I, I wish that was a, a thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I would like specifically SCOM 2 to be adapted as a film as opposed to SCOM 1. To feel SCOM 1 is very much your own invasion story, which has been t- um, told several times. But SCOM 2, um, actual alien occupation of Earth, trying to fight back against it, I think that would make a very interesting story. But yeah, no, I just, um, I was just thinking about it. I was just thinking like, you know, that will work really well. And I love, I love my sci-fi. We, we need a new Starship Troopers. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep praising that film to the end of my days. And I'm, you know, it's actually had a resurgence recently. Also, just to end on this, uh, talk about like the relationships you build with these characters. 
friend from ours, you know, um, he was the last person that survived in mine. He had one tiny bar of health left at the end. And I and my and my housemates knew I was playing X-Con because I was playing the Starship Troopers theme song in the final battle. And yeah, that that was my that was my like go to. I'm going to do this. I'm going to win. Did you ever watch the Starship Troopers animated series? Yes, uh, Roughneck, Roughneck. Um, yeah, uh, that, and that was amazing because again, each of the, they had a different campaign it's each so time. Good. And the fact it was a kids' TV show because I remember eating, watching it with my nest quick at seven thirty in the morning before I went to school. And they did the animated movies as well. Don't know how I felt. Yeah, I don't know how I felt. Yeah, yeah. It was, and also they included the races that were in the book, the skinnies. Like the, you know, they they include these other things, and I think. They keep saying they're going to do the new Starship Troopers. It needs to be done, in my opinion, especially with today's world. Like, I don't know how you're going to satirize today's world, to be honest, because, yeah, it, it's going that way some points. But, yeah, no, uh, I've definitely XCOM would be my would be one of my top picks, to be honest. And uh, kind of glad we are uh, kind of glad I caught you off guard with that, to be honest. But yeah, awesome source. Uh, but yeah, uh, Chaz, uh, we're going to go back to you now. Okay, cool. I've got two more. Uh, and this one probably doesn't surprise you guys again. Um, but there is a reason behind it. Uh, it's Oddworld. Um, and the reason is... Uh, Oddworld has always had a very, very cool um, well, world and setting. Um, and I, I love the, the gameplay of the old games. But recently, uh, with what they're trying to do, the gameplay, especially Soulstorm it's just not what it used to be um and i know lorne lanning the uh, creator uh, of oddworld um he was actually his background was films uh, he loves you know cinematics and he he almost wanted to make oddworld a film uh, or, a, or a series or something um and for whatever reason it, it ended up in a, a game form so i would almost like to see what he could do um if you know he wasn't constrained by by gameplay and he could just take that that uh that world and, and make it a film um th the thing that stops me going through soulstorm unfortunately is the gameplay um the the cinematics and and the the graphics are you know they're really really cool so i would love to be able to to see that uh outside of um outside of video games nice awesome uh i don't think oddworld would be very out there Animate. It would be obviously it would be animated because you wouldn't you would be able to do that live action to be honest. No. Avatar, mm, Avatar could have possibly pushed that, but yeah, get James Cameron to do uh, Oddworld. That'd be <laughs> that'd be interesting. Uh, but no, yeah, animated. And I think the way we're going, like pushing the boundaries on like the different narratives we could do, Oddworld would have to be a very it would be a risky bet to do that that that's a show to be honest yeah and this is dream adaptations i don't think it'll ever happen to be honest but as a you know a big oddworld fan i would like for it to it would be nice to see i mean you never expected to see league of legends as a uh, a tv show so oddworld you know could possibly i mean there's a new show called hit monkey about an assassin uh, an Watch assassin that. monkey yeah exactly we're we're in a world yeah doug said what the fuck uh, we're in a world now where this stuff is possible and animation studios are popping up everywhere and, the, you know, uh, a lower-grade animation studio could come out and do that. I'm actually halfway through Hitmonkey. I recommend it. I like it. Excellent. Uh, Doug, how about yourself, man? Yeah, um, I'm torn between mentioning two because uh, they would both be things to go to TV series. One would be, one would be like, just pointing out that Mass Effect. Like, there's loads of places you could do good storylines and, like, explore the universe. Like, and I think for me... The first place I think of is um, Omega, 
like um, that space station in the rock. But I want to draw attention to the idea of this war of mine. And now we've got, it's, it's not that much of a story and specifically it's not specific characters, but the model of it, there's like, um, there's a lot of mileage in that story archetype of um like a t an ongoing tv series or, or could do it maybe even do it in a film but i think it makes more sense as a tv series and then just gradually more characters end up in it and like over like over a couple of days and then there there's room to explore all these kind of hardships the way the video game and the board game do so well so painfully like okay here's like um in what in the war-torn environments what is life like um, what are the difficult decisions you have to make? I mean, I guess it's a bit of The Walking Dead, but you actually stay in the same house and there aren't any zombies, just people. I really like the idea of having um, the war, like the action side of the war, which is what you you see a lot of battles in, in other war um, sub, um, media. I love the idea of that being in the background and maybe you're like, you know, you'll just hear things or you'll feel the ground yeah. shake or maybe like have soldiers come and like, I don't know, pilfer their, their their house or whatever but i love the idea of it just being a small element in the background while these people are just struggling to live yeah definitely because like in the games like um you kind of end you can end up near the shooting or near the soldiers and uh yeah it's um i think there's a lot of room for to like for a tv point of view focus on that part of the story and there probably there probably already are some shows out there that are doing something like this but i mean uh i think well even as as an ip I think it would have some impact factor for all this. But yeah, that's. I think uh, that's seeing the Last of Us TV show when that comes out and seeing how that portrays that world, essentially how how they can like adapt, you know, the the raggedness of like you know try because it's two characters essentially, you know, it's the journeys they take and I think with this one mind, it's the building of relationships with these characters and how to try and adapt that into very isolated circumstances to some degree sometimes. And I think yeah, I definitely think that'd be uh, definitely interesting to do. Thank you. Thank you very much, Doug. Uh, do you have any more at all? Uh, I was wondering about Half-Life City 17, if there's a story you could pull out of there somewhere. But uh, like, uh, maybe try tracking along Eli Vance, like in the days of the seven hour war. But I don't know, actually, as much as I love Half-Life, like I don't look at that. I don't think there's I don't think they've teased like they'd really be coming up with something new. They haven't teased that much drama really around it. So I don't know. I think you could. I I I think potentially because we're going to talk about Half Life, uh, the original Half Life. I think you could make quite a good survival horror. Just make sure that Gordon Freeman actually talks in the show, otherwise that wouldn't work. Uh, and I think a show might be better than than a film for that because of the length. I wouldn't have got. You couldn't have Gordon Freeman in the forefront what of Alex? a show like that. Alex, maybe. I mean, um, the trouble is, like, uh, Alex is good in game. But she doesn't have that much character depth, I see. Well, I like Barney, I think. Yeah, I was is, say. Yeah, Barney is the bet. Because um, he's fun. Like, um, like Blue Shift is actually like an expansion to the original Half-Life. And uh, actually, even like, just, just basically, I know, ha- and a hack jobbing that into a movie mm. actually works fairly well. Because they even stick a couple of characters in. Would you do so, uh, Brian Cranston as uh, Gordon Freeman in the background? <laughs> nah. Like, or J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons is uh, what G-Man or? Uh, I was th- I was thinking Gordon Freeman himself because he because uh, he did a um, J.J. and the Jameson, so maybe give him a hairpiece again. But yeah, I, like um, I, I don't think Gordon Gordon Freeman's not Gordon Freeman's not that old, and I don't think he's 
I don't think he's that severe, actually. Like, and, and that's the thing. Like, Gordon Freeman isn't really a character in all mm. the way. He's he's just a he's a he's a vessel for the player, and uh, like he's almost more like a Master Chief suit. The, and with even Master with even less more character. Yeah, I was gonna say Master Chief's got more yeah. character than yeah. No, awesome. But yeah, Half Life would be. I know that they've been trying to push the game, but maybe what if they just like we're doing a Half Life TV show? We want Half Life Free. Now we're doing the TV show instead. You know, that would that would be hilarious to see, to be honest. But uh, Fergus, uh, you got any more left, man? Um, I was vaguely thinking about whether a Zelda movie would work. I know that the, the plot's pretty similar from game to game. As you know, you power up to defeat Ganon. You could possibly do a movie out of that it was on my list i did remove it because i thought someone else might do it and also i think that would, would work really well as maybe just a limited series but how, how would you how would you do it though like animated um, i think it would have to be animated because of the well the gorons and um oh, what are they called the fish people <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> i can't remember if yeah, everyone keeps talking, might Google it. <laughs> uh, because they're yes, the fish people. <laughs> the fish people. That's no, that's terrible. Um, but there's Zora. a there's a range of non-human Zora. Zora yeah, and of course, it's the um, the forest folk as well. There's a lot. Of, there's a large range of non-human characters that would probably be better off done as animated. Um, would you just do breath? Would you just adapt Breath of the Wild because it was the latest? In that line, or would you do something like Majora's Mask, where it's like time sensitive and you know? Well, these are all game mechanics, but as, as I say, they all follow roughly the same story. So you could do, and of course, Hyrule resets and it keeps being reborn into new universes. So you could do plausibly a movie that's in a different Hyrule um, with a slightly different Link who meets roughly the same characters for to can do the roughly the same purposes happened in are we going to um, get any um a spider verse uh into the spider verse where we'll just get all the links meet up and everything and like a big yeah well i mean it's happened vaguely in um super smash bros <laughs> you've got both kinds of link three kinds of link in super smash bros so that, that barrier's been broken i know um i know the joker film uh the director um there was rumors of the director and uh, Joaquin Phoenix talked about how they do another joker movie but it'd be like a totally different narrative of his origin because the joker always never gives his actual origin away because he's that crazy and it would be a different story each time so you I could hope. you could take that approach yeah that'd be awesome cool awesome source thanks man yeah zelda I think uh, I think they have been trying to push his artifice. I remember they did a um, IGN or someone created this um, April Fool like live action April Fools thing a, a while ago now with a trailer and it just shocked people because they were like, "We want that," yeah. <laughs> and yeah, um, but yeah, no, awesome. Thank you very much, uh, James. Do you do you have any more or are you, or are you uh, tapped out? Uh, Pom. No, I've got no. That's my, that's my last one. What one the hell? I have no idea what you're going on about there. So Pom, Pom, the TV show. Pom, yeah, the yeah, very first game ever made. Oh, I've always said Pom. Do no, it. Pong. Pong. Do Jesus. It. I mean, do, they do, they did um do, they did that Pixels do. film, so you, you could eventually do that. Uh, does anyone else have any others before it comes to me last? I got one last one, and that is uh, Frostpunk. Um, it's a very cool setting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool setting. Um, there's a lot. It's tragic as hell, of course. Um, but I was thinking about all of the um, the story, little story points that come up 
as you play the game um and you know there's a lot there to be kind of expanded on and made into like subplots and stuff um so yeah i think that could be a, a that's got a lot of potential and you know obviously it's got snowpiercer is a somewhat of a comparison as well so it could be absolutely harrowing i could uh cheek suggestion they could uh combine Frostpunk and snowpiercer and do like a crossover i think people have made jokes about that it, it wouldn't be too surprising i suppose but yeah same vibe um and uh yeah like doug said it, it would be harrowing and it, i just when i thought of it i was just like that could work really well that could be super interesting I don't need a show that normalizes cannibalism. <laughs> I don't need that. Uh, fair enough. Uh, but no, uh... I was just going to say, I like how, you know, that could happen, but also a myriad of other horrible things in the name of survival. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, but no, uh, thanks, Chaz. So that is everyone else's uh, video game, dream video game adaptations. I'm sure no doubt we'll come up with more later on, but I'm going to quickly run through my last two. One of them is Prince of Persia. I want a better adaptation of that to be honest i i i've got a funny story uh i finished at university i was up for three days and then someone i knew came down surprised me came down to see me for the weekend it was like let's go to the cinema watch prince of persia i was like oh this is a loud movie i'll stay up i passed out 10 minutes in i woke up five minutes before the end i was like oh what's what's going on turns out i was snoring and other noises that loudly that i made two women leave the cinema and it was a case of and my mate just turned to me and went, what the fuck? Do you want me to explain the whole fucking movie? Well, we're only like five, ten minutes in. Nate, we're five minutes at the end. Oh, shit. Okay, then. I rewatched the film later. Um, and I just, it was just frustrating how I f- it, it, was that, it was that time period of they were just trying to adapt something. And they took a, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal as the prince, which I thought was bad casting to, to, to my, to my, um, in my opinion to be honest uh great he's an amazing actor just bad casting decision in my opinion but yeah no prince persia i think uh that could definitely work well and obviously you've got a trilogy of uh shows a trilogy of uh films there i was actually gonna just say i've completely forgot they made that movie um and that was kind of from well about 12 years ago now that was from the time when almost any adaptation they made of video games would probably be bad um it's kind of crazy how um recently we've actually been really spoiled with the quality it's just gone up a lot um so it's it's crazy how just in a little amount of time things have improved controversially i really liked the doom movie it was fun which was, well, which one the um the old one with carl urban and the oh, no i actually enjoyed that to be honest because <laughs> uh, it's, it's doom free it is doom free and also the first person sequence in that film was great it was hilarious. Like... It was like two films in one. The first half was a legit kind of creepy sci-fi thriller, and then the and then the second film was just an absolute shit show that was totally done, taking itself seriously. Like, and and I lo- and I I loved it. I was actually thinking like because obviously Dwayne Johnson has come out and said he is doing another video game adaptation movie, and a mate a, a huge like you know video IP that's been out. He's been playing for many years, and I said to myself, oh, it could be Doom guy. Oh wait, no, um, maybe like he could possibly like reboot it to a degree. It's either going to be Gears of War or um you know something like that, uh, which I think Dave Bautista mentioned before. Dave Bautista has been pining for that Marcus Phoenix role for years. And, you know, it'd be amazing to actually have that. Um, my cool. final one, my final one is um, the game that's coming out on Friday. I don't know, like, maybe it's too soon to do it, but Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West. I think that world is just mesmerizing. Like, I think 
it's so visually stunning and like the narrative of having like this you know tribes in the future but there's machines going on in it like in this whole one this whole in this this character aloy who's trying to figure out what's going on in this world you know trying to figure out her heritage as well i think it would work best as a show you can't do that as a film because there's so much going on limited show do not push too far maybe wait i don't i don't know if they're going to do a sequel to this game coming out i bet they will i bet it'll be like a trilogy sort of thing maybe like a two major trilogy you know so like you know a trilogy set of set of um set of games and maybe just wait till that after that comes in and actually plot this out essentially because obviously we have playstation studios now who've just released uncharted and they have their you know they have ghost of tsushima in the works as well from the john wick director and they have twisted metal coming out i'm curious um with the with a horizon adaptation would you follow alloy or would you go somewhere else like look for someone else in that world so i think i'd actually start it off before alloy and actually establishing the world i think alloy's story is amazing i don't know if you've played the games yourself but she does have this great journey in my opinion and it does delve into the history of her character and also the history of the world like you pick up these like um, audio files or books and you have these hologram messages and you feel, find about like this tragedy of how the world became to be. And I'm not going to spoil it because I definitely recommend going to play it. It's an amazing, uh, an amazing game. And I can't wait for the sequel on Friday. I've booked Friday off work so I can play it. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely think that would be uh, amazing, to be honest. And it's it's the thing. The problem is I have with that is that Ashley Birch is such an amazing portrayal of the character that I'm just wondering, like, do you just get her back to play the character in real life? But uh, I'm just wondering, because obviously, um, I believe it's Marlene in From The Last of Us. She uh, is the only character to come back uh, as the same character in The Last of Us TV show. Uh, Je- uh, Jeffrey Pierce is coming back, who's who's uh, Tommy in The Last of Us uh, game, but he's playing a, a, a smaller character. But I definitely, it, that's my concern is that, because she is the central character in those games essentially and they do have like good relationships with characters and it goes into different areas of the world like forest desert snow it's very visual stunning and you know expanding on that i mean the sequel game is going to have carrie ann moss and angela bassett in you know it's big names and i'm just wondering i I'm, i'd love it as a film as well just to just to push it to other people who might not be interested in video games but might be interested in the world because i think people have a stigma on them sometimes of why would you push it to other media? Because we're doing this podcast, we want to see, we want to push these narratives to other people who might not be have time to play video games and might not have time to do this and that. Because Horizon is over a 30, 40 hour game, but people don't have time for that. But they might like to watch a TV show they could just put on and, you know, play. Cuphead, I'm not going to play those games. I want to watch the TV show. Pushing it to other, this is what I'm trying to say, people. It's not bad to push games to other media. Don't have a stigma about it, don't have a finger, because you're allowing people to take see these properties in a different light like i have family members who don't like like reading they don't just they just don't have the time but they love the witcher you know they love the witcher tv show you know um i have people who've never seen karate kid but they made cobra kai and push that back and you know and star wars i know people who've never seen star wars and they've only seen in recent years and they're pushing all these different properties and i think that's with video games themselves we are becoming as Chaz has said we are becoming spoiled now and i think it's a good spoil and i think it also allows the next generation of kids or people in it to see these narratives that we had playing them seen a different perspective and how they could adapt it back into a video game later on you know the the cycle of development essentially you know what they could do next i think 
but with Horizon, with sort of like Halo and Horizon, they're so big and so IP now, like Uncharted as well. It's just come out, talk about our Tuesday podcast for that. It's it's a very weird dynamic we're in at the moment, but I think it's something that I'm really looking forward to. And I think, yeah, I can't believe I went off a little preach of them, but like, you know, Horizon, yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, and it just lends itself to some good TV show subtitles. The first season's called Zero Dawn. The second season's called Forbidden West. Like, that's an awesome title in my opinion but yeah and uh yeah i was just gonna say simple point to counteract your uh your preach as you called it um one uh i don't i'm not i don't play video games um that have long stories much so for me yeah a tv show or a movie would be much better um to introduce me to that world and two uh, i would watch it purely to see the uh animated uh, robotic dinosaurs running around yeah because uh yeah Chaz has seen me very briefly play that game and whatnot and it's just the case of um having these you know mecha tyrannosaurus thunderjaw style creatures or like robotic alligators or flying velociraptor machine velociraptors uh, not velociraptors uh, um pterodactyls you know it, it'd be amazing to see and like such an interesting world uh, i was just gonna say the like tv uh adaptations or movie adaptations would be very good for people who don't have the time or appetite to play certain games this is <laughs> with the souls like games for example if you did movies of say dark souls one two and three it would make the world so much more accessible for people who just can't get past that first boss. And I'll tell you, Fergus, you have segued into the end of the podcast now, people, <laughs> with uh, pushing into next week's podcast because, right, people, uh, next week we are going to be diving into a very, very spicy topic, and that is should games have an option to allow people to play in an easier mode, you know, make, make it more accessible, make it easier for people to play? Should you have that? Because, you know, as I said, People might not have the time. People might not have the accessibility. People just won't be able to play these games. They can watch live live streams of it, you know, but maybe a different adaptation of it because some people might not want to watch a video game. So people can't have that break in their mind of, like, watching other people play it and having TV shows and films might work. But, yes, with Elden Ring coming out next week, which uh, I would like to buy and play, but I'm not going to because I got burnt with Sekiro. I played Fallen Order. I was like, oh, I'm getting pretty good at this. I could buy Sekiro. Could got to the first mini boss. I said I spent, I wasted sixty five quid. You know, my brother loved it. I just couldn't do it. And but next week, people, yeah, with Elden Ring coming out, we are going to be getting into that topic. Should games have an option to allow people to have play in an easier mode? And trust me, each of us have got varied opinions on this. Doug is just like I can't fucking wait to get into this topic. To be honest, I have so much to say. Yeah, it's, it's going to be spicy. I'm looking forward to listening because my opinion is too neutral for that one. Uh, that that'd be a good that would be a good opinion to be honest that would be a good opinion to us but no uh obviously we just said sifu come out as well uh the martial arts game and they're actually and they actually actually i did mention this they are actually releasing a harder mode and an easier mode for that game so they're releasing both and it just proves it can be done but listen in next week people to find out exactly what we're going to be doing there right if you'd like to get in contact with us with any questions or queries, please feel free to email us at nmipodcast.outlook.com. That's nmipodcast.outlook.com. Or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at nmicast. That is at nmicast. Make sure to listen to us on Spotify or iTunes by searching nmi when you need more info that's nmi when you need more info you can also find us on youtube at that same uh, same channel 
uh, by searching us NMI when you need more info. Definitely go check us out there. For we are currently in the process of working on our pixel animated versions of the shows. We've got the pixel versions of us now. We I just need to get them talking, just to learn how to get them talking. And I will get us there eventually, and we might actually uh, retroactively go back and change all the previous episodes into that as well, if I can actually sort that out. But yes, again, join us next week for the episode on the uh, should games have an option to allow people to play in an easier mode. It, as I said. It's going to be an interesting conversation. But also, come back and join us on Tuesday when we release a mini-episode for a movie-spoiler discussion, a movie-spoiler discussion for the recent Uncharted film starring Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg linking into this week's episode of Dream Adaptations and Ever Media, Video Game Adaptations and Ever Media. But yes, thank you everyone for joining me today. It's actually been really nice to talk to you guys again. Um, we've had it's some really interesting, like adaptation ideas to be honest it's been really awesome thank you for having me yeah cheers thank you everybody it's fun thanks everybody i've been your host nate stay safe everyone and we will see you next tuesday but for the main episode we will see you next friday stay safe everyone okay bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.